Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of The Cheap Seeds. This is your Premier League podcast out of South Africa, talking all things Premier League, all the big news. There's a lot of news outside of the Premier League, you know, Barcelona and Spain and what's going on in Napoli, which is really, really horrible. Um, what's going on in Ajax, if you're an Ajax person, but... Um, it seems like the Premier League's a little bit more quiet. So we're going to take that tune and uh, and talk about it. But this t- this show is going to be quite interesting because, yeah, it's, 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 it's one I've been wanting to talk about for a while. But anyway, remember, please do follow us on our various um, X or Twitter handles. Um, but remember, the show is sponsored by Classic Shirts ZA as I look for their logo. Yes. Uh, remember, you can go to their website. That is ClassicShirts.ca.za. Please do go check it out. I am going to add the Liverpool person in now to make sure that we, when we do the kit reveal. Balance so, for you. Jean Emile <laughs> is here. And we've got this kit as our kit of the week, the away kit for Liverpool. He's here to tell us all the good things about Liverpool. I'm sure this is one of them, Jean Emile. Oh, uh, this this kit. Uh, you know, it actually received a lot of mixed reviews, um, mm. but uh, but uh, it it really harks back to the days where Robbie Fowler was scoring winners at Old Trafford. Uh, that same kit that uh, was <laughs> a beautiful mixture of green and white, um, and uh, yeah. yeah it, Basically, they're trying to make it a little bit more retro version. The thing about kits is, as long as you're winning in them, no one cares how they look like. Uh, Liverpool had a purple, black, and white kit uh, a couple seasons back with Luis Suarez and Daniel Sturridge. It oh, looked that horrendous. Warrior kit. It looked horrendous. That warrior kit. But how we, we were winning left, right, and center, and now we've just got fond memories. So it's all about how you play. So a beautiful kit for now. <laughs> sure, cool. Remember, you can go get this kit at Classic Shirts today. Uh, discount code CheapSeas99 reminds them that we keep on sending you to go buy their kits. So, yeah, gents, it's been an interesting week in the Premier League. Um, a certain Liverpool keeps on conceding, then scoring three goals. Dean's team came to the Emirates and decided to show Arsenal up, which was a a good one for Dean on his birthday. Um, we'll get John Emil back. And Chelsea keep on being Chelsea. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it's the good Chelsea or the bad Chelsea, but they keep on being Chelsea. Um, oh, even Kent is here. Oh, wow. This is going to be... <laughs> okay. We're just waiting for John Emil. But anyway, uh, we're going to start with this and then he'll join and we'll, 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 we'll question. So, Liverpool are on some weird 16-game unbeaten run um and in the premier league they've in this new season they have gone i think seven uh, since this chelsea draw they've gone for seven wins across all competitions they're the team where they concede one goal then they go on to go and score three and my question to you today and maybe that's why kent is here to kind of defend arsenal as the number one title challenger but since we're all chasing manchester city are Liverpool the best title challenges this season? And I'm going to go to Jean to give us a case for his team. Um, 
so I have to argue absolutely that Liverpool are best placed. Oh, you can uh, argue the other side and say that I'm crazy, but I'm like, no, man. I, I think it's impossible to call it at this stage of the season. And I know that's very diplomatic, but uh, I think you've got to look more around Christmas time because after all the European games have been played, at least in the group stages, that's when you're really going to find out um, what these teams are capable about, uh, of because uh, it's Arsenal's first European campaign in the Champions League in six seasons. Um, it's Liverpool's first time in the Europa League uh, since Klopp's first season. That was about seven years ago. Um, so these squads are going to be stretched completely thin. Um, if we're talking about uh, consistently getting goals and getting over the line, um, I'm just excited for now. I'm just watching my team. I'm just getting excited because I'm like, you know, these guys find a way, even though most of them are new transfers in the starting lineup. Okay, not most, but, you know, a lot. And um, uh, so right now I'm just enjoying the ride. I'm not really thinking about a title challenge just yet. Uh, that being said, who's best placed? I think just in terms of um, their consistency over last season, Arsenal are very well placed. But I think it's a neck and neck thing, and don't discount Spurs. I know, I know we, <laughs> <laughs> I know we like to, but Ange, Ange is like he's everything Spurs have needed over the last like maybe 30, 40 years. Um, um, I'm really happy for the Spurs fans because they finally get to witness their team find an identity and a, a will to win. And uh, that that oh, game at the Emirates the other day was was no fluke. <laughs> Okay, that's actually quite an interesting one because Spurs are quite a sneaky, sneaky pick, and you guys are playing them this weekend. Dean, is it much of the same for Spurs in terms of yes, let's not think too far ahead, or are you dreaming of of a time where Spurs could actually do something quite weighty in in in, in a Premier League season? I mean, I wouldn't say I'm. I think everyone's dreaming. But um, been dreaming for since I started supporting them, so it doesn't mean that anything's gonna anything's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, the one thing I will say is it's it's definitely the best I've felt about Spurs in the last five or six years. And going to the Emirates, getting a draw, where historically it's a place we go to and just get battered, and seeing the guys actually put up a performance, and Arsenal getting getting a draw from a penalty and a deflected shot, like you take it as it comes. But I do think we played better. Um, on the day that I have ever seen us play on, in, in, at the Emirates for the last five years. So I'm, I don't want to sort of count chickens before they hatch, but I'm just positive. I'm happy if we stay under the radar, carry on. The one good thing is we have no, I mean, good and bad thing, no European football, not even Carabao Cup football. So very few games to actually lose. Um, but it also means a lot of rest. So we'll see We'll see how the rest of the, rest of the season goes. But yeah, big game against Liverpool on the weekend at, Tottenham Stadium and I think for both teams obviously Spurs playing Arsenal on the weekend and now Liverpool I think it's definitely Liverpool's toughest um, game so far this season um, aside from that Chelsea game which was a bit of a fluke given what they've done so far this season but it'll be interesting to see how Liverpool match up against a team that's in the sort of top half um, of the table Cyrus I have something for you that front five of Liverpool Mm-hmm. Jota, Salah, uh, Gakpo, Luis Diaz, Nunes. Is that not the best attacking forward line 
which in whatever format it comes um, in the Premier League, probably after Manchester City. And I guess, should, I guess you'll be a little bit more confident with that. Look, after City, probably because City have got the talisman, right? Um, mm. Erling Haaland is, is that guy. He's a one-man... But there's, there's a lot of stuff. I like I like to rain on people's parades. So, uh, you know, currently it's only raining on the Chelsea parade here. But <laughs> to agree with Sean Emile, I do think that it's too early to call anything. But when you look at the Liverpool's results and the scores that they've gotten against the teams that they've beaten, they are very good at going toe-to-toe with teams that, that you know, are, 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 are solid units. But I think they've also caught teams at the right time. Like, the Villa game came at a very good time for mm. Liverpool, and, you know, they just absolutely ripped them apart. Um, this is also a Villa team looking to try and establish itself. Newcastle, the same thing. Um, the Chelsea game pretty much had exactly what, what, what I'm talking about, in the sense that Liverpool should have absolutely torn Chelsea to pieces in that game and didn't. So that attacking line definitely is... Um, it's probably the most settled portion of that team. They've got guys who've been there for a long time and they know how each other play and now you're getting the best out of Mo Salah. Now let's go into the the raining on the parade thing. Yes, you do have some very good attackers there. Nunez, I felt, was going to be a very good player this season because he got given a heck of a lot of stick loss to him, but he was in the right positions at the right times and that is the skill to have as an attacking player. The big thing is there's a little tournament happening in January in Cote d'Ivoire and Egypt are going to be there and Mohamed Salah And they're going to be there for a long time. (laughs) And so when you look at how important Salah is to this Liverpool team, that is a crucial period. So getting these wins now puts them in this sort of title challenges space. What happens between now and, and February um, especially around Salah will determine because we haven't even gotten to the January transfer window and a certain 200 mil that might be sitting waiting. Um, Liverpool's title hopes rest on what happens around Salah. And whether he goes to Afghan and he's on away for a month or he goes to Saudi Arabia and he's gone for good, um, it really all comes down to Mo. So, yes, the attacking line is fantastic, but everything runs through Mohamed Salah and his Christmas loving um, personality. Kent. This is where you come and try to defend our team, but I'm going to call it your team for now. Um, injuries are just a problem right now for this team, but it looks as though the challenge Arsenal gave Manchester City last year might not be able to come through. And we've gone to a point where it feels as though Liverpool just took a sabbatical and now they're all back and rested and ready to, to attack. And the reason why I asked this question was because I look at both sides. And I know last year Arsenal started very well and it, it, and it, and it faded. But obviously we haven't lost the game, so we're not panicking. But are you not concerned about Arsenal's title challenge? Uh, yeah, I, I, I am concerned. I, I, I don't... Um, I think this league's done already. It, it's, it's just... I, <laughs> Four points, kid. No, like four points. City do not look like a team that when they go behind or when they go ahead, that they look unshakable or that they look um, that something could happen there in the match. They just look, they've started better than last season. Last season, they kind of gave like us a little bit of a like tease Mm. and then came it through. But now they're starting well. 
Um, why would they collapse at the end of a season? No, uh, Kent. So no. No. <laughs> this is no, Cyrus. Hold on. Hold on. This so is I, the Arsenal spiral. I'm just saying that City, City, are, City are just looking like City do. They they do have a lot of uh, other tournaments. They, they, they're they doing this without KDB. Um, they're doing this without... Uh, there's another big injury. Um, oh, Rodri is going to miss the game against Arsenal. Mm. I still expect... City to probably um, win or draw. I don't see us necessarily... Uh, we need to win. If Like, that's a game we need to win to show that we are uh, serious. But I'm, that doesn't mean I'm expecting us to win. I'm expecting us to hopefully get a draw. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, that's, the, that's my, like, City chat. My Liverpool and Arsenal chat, I, I do think that just... That just um, depends on injuries going into December. It depends on how well teams do in other tournaments. We are now managing um, Europe. Um, I think I, I am liking some some depth coming through in our squad, like Vieira putting up his hand. Um, Smith Rowe looks fit. Um, we are at least adding numbers to that midfield. Um, our our strikers. I, I do think we need to probably get someone like Tony in Jan. I don't think we have a a talisman. Jesus oh, looks so good, but he had an Austin opportunity man. against Spurs to put it to bed at two 0 Um So yeah, I, I just I, I, Liverpool and Arsenal. I think will fight it out for second spot, um, and then um, I think Spurs. Now we all had United as our third or fourth team. I think I think United won't be there. It'll be. Spurs um, that will Ooh. be fourth, in my opinion. Not no disrespect, but I, I don't see a United or Brighton will be there, but then they'll fade away. So I, I so I'm not even Newcastle. Down. I'm a bit down. I'm a bit down. I just I, I'm I, it's Arsenal haven't started like we did last season, and I think to beat City in a league, you have to get a big enough lead that they can't catch you. Not the other way around where you catch City with them having a, a six or seven point lead at some stage in the season. Cyrus, I'm, I'm going to come in here. I, I'm does. even taking so, my glasses off for this. Okay, just wait, Cyrus. But yeah, I'll, I'll bring you in. I, I, to a certain extent, I don't think it's over. I think this team can try chase them and it might look a little bit tough. My only issue is it's so early in the season for us to, to have this because... I think City's going to have a, a, a situation, right? They don't have the same injury issues we've had. Um, and to a certain extent with Liverpool, um, they've started the season well. They didn't have that. Remember last season, Liverpool had this like long list of injuries yeah. that like never ended. Um, we seem to be in that period right now, right? And, and, I, and, I, and I think once we get out of it, we just need to get that momentum going. Yeah. Um, I'm just, and, and that's my only worry is, is, is that, but look, City lost to Newcastle last night. Um, we're going to play them without Rodri. So that means John Stone's going to be in midfield. Um, I don't know how that works, but maybe that's the game we need to push them. But yeah, if we that, lose that game, that's the game. if that's we lose the game that, that game, we announce ourselves because we haven't really started. We haven't lit this league up with how Arsenal performances. We've mm. at least showed that we can play badly and still win. I think. Oh, and not lose. Uh, not lose. Yeah, because so, so it got to a point shows, in that that shows some maturity from Arsenal, like um, that, that that at least we can we we haven't got it. Everyone's saying Arsenal are not in full gear. I, I take that as a compliment. Like at least uh, we are we are churning results or getting points, mm. being in a second, third, 
uh, gear, and it looks like it's getting better. If I'm, I'll say that, but yeah, um, yeah it's... we just need those injuries to sort themselves out. But yeah, yeah. John and Cyrus know all about injuries. Um, Cyrus, Hell yeah, it's your moment. Look, it is ludicrous <laughs> to say that the league's done. It's ludicrous, right? And I'll, I'll I'll bring up a few key points here. The first one being. Erling Haaland has scored eight goals this season, right? The next best from a City perspective is Julian Alvarez, who scored three. Yeah, he's, he's played more minutes this season, which, and, and he's, he's been getting some And goals. he's looked fantastic. Yeah. Then you look at it in terms of their assist numbers. Alvarez is the highest assist um, scorer for, for City. He's got four assists. Haaland is due an injury this season. Ah, He's due an injury this season. He's due an injury this season. And and the reason I say this is you just look at it in terms of the the game management, the load management from the players Mm -hmm. themselves. This is a guy who played the majority of games last season. They won a treble. He's continued to play this season. He's not looked the same. um, And you see it in his Mm -hmm. performances, but he's still bagging the goals. But at some point, his body is going to tell him it's time to chill. And I think that either the body says something or Pep says something, but he can't keep playing at that level, which then leaves Alvarez as your central striker. And I think he's a little bit easier to deal with. And I'm not saying it's going to be simple, but it's a little bit easier to deal with considering his lack of height, Mm. that he doesn't trouble defenses with that. And strength, yeah. Exactly. And then you don't have KDB. And even when KDB comes back, what version of him will we get? Because we we seem to feel as if this guy is just going to be like Thanos and suddenly you're just going to come back <laughs> snapping fingers. But KDB was struggling. He struggled towards the end of last season. He struggled at the beginning of this season, even though he, he weighed in with assists and, and mm. some, some performances. But this is not the same City. And City have not revolutionized the team enough in order to 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 just keep the, the, the ball rolling. Yes, Doku is an incredible acquisition for them. Yeah, but he good. will also have his, his moments where he's not going to be the guy they need. Um, and it also says a lot that the guy who's bailed them out time and time again this season is one Rodri, who's not known for bailing teams out. In fact, it's not part of his game specifically. So I have this feeling that City will have a bit of a dip, mm. and that's where a lot of other teams will feast. Not Chelsea, though, but a lot <laughs> of other teams will feast. <laughs> Jean Emile, um, you obviously listened to Sarah saying that obviously uh, <laughs> the cyborg's going to get injured. Um, <laughs> and obviously, with, with the way you guys have played, um, it's actually quite refreshing to watch. Liverpool plays so well. Um, how long do you think this c- can be sustainable uh, for Liverpool? Because um, you have started 2023 well. If you I'm, took I'm jumping in here. When does the Saudi transfer window open? <laughs> that's, that's, that's how long it's sustainable for. But Cyrus, allow... Because remember, we sat here a month ago with jean Emile and he was telling me, he was telling us all about how badly Liverpool did the transfer window. But all of a sudden, things have changed. It looks good. It looks amazing. So what's changed, John emil And also, how long do you think this will last? Um, is Jurgen Klopp running? Because previous seasons, Jurgen would run these guys into the ground. Is he managing them better? Um, no, they're just fresh. Uh, he, 
he could go through another seven-year cycle where he runs them into the ground and then has to redo this all over again. But this is the first time that he's actually been at a club long enough to go past that seven-year cycle. So uh, this is quite interesting. I've never seen him with such a renewed, like, in vigor to kind of, he might at this stage sign a new contract, Jurgen Klopp. Hmm. Um, and that would be bigger than any Mo Salah transfer to Saudi Arabia. I can promise you that. Um, that being said, like, you know, Cyrus is right. Uh, that Saudi window will open. We're going to go through this problem again. It's a case of if, not when. As a case of when, not if, sorry. Um, and uh, it, I think it will depend on Mo if he basically wants to see the season out, get Liverpool back to where he wants to, and then at the end of the season, basically uh, call it quits with uh, the biggest salary of all time in football. Um, uh, it's it's impossible to call it. And at least if we do know that he's going to go in January, we can start preparing accordingly. Um, uh, I would hope that he doesn't go, obviously, because I mentioned this before, you know, no amount of money was enough to pry him away from us at that stage. Um, and I sincerely think that with him on board until the end of the season, we will end up with at least one trophy. I don't know what trophy that will be, but at least one. Well, it um, looks like it's the Carabao Cup because you guys Carabao. are the easiest draw of the, everyone who's left. Oh, well, I mean, there will still be probably Chelsea and either one of United or Arsenal or uh, Newcastle in the quarter. So, I mean, that, that's a tough, tough game. Yeah. You'll probably and, get Chelsea uh, in the next round. So, so <laughs> they're just a like cones. Chelsea, that's what Chelsea tournament. They, start, they got a goal of the month last night. So. <laughs> <laughs> and what a goal it was. <laughs> we'll still get to them. Um, but, but the bottom line you're, you're, yeah, yeah sorry back to your question um, remind me what the question was <laughs> no I'm, I'm, I'm just saying what, what's changed between uh, what's, you asked, of, of, you asked of when does a good time stop you asked <laughs> when does a good time stop and we told you the beginning of the Saudi transfer window <laughs> it, it's it's all about the vibe and getting rid of players who basically no wanted no longer wanted to run as hard as they could fight for the shirt and it's just refreshing. Um, okay. You, you know, I, I know I said that we didn't handle that transfer window well. Honestly, the way that it was going with Gravenbach, like he came literally at the last minute. Um, Endo is a bit of a stopgap signing. He's not the defensive midfielder we wanted. That midfielder is Andre, plays for Fluminense in Brazil. Uh, also, we went after Ducure uh, um, at Crystal Palace. We went after, obviously, Caicedo. So it, it seemed a little bit shoot from the hip, um, that, that entire transfer window, after the Sobos Live signing. I didn't think we handled it well. That being said, you never know how things are going to transform on the pitch. And these players have just all of a sudden bring a, brought a new kind of energy, uh, reinvigorated. Everyone's smiling, happy, and they just know their place. And, uh, and it literally changes everything for Klopp as well. But that, that ah. doesn't... Is that sustainable? That's... Or like, for example, um, a team can start really well and there will be a slump at some part, whether, at some stage, whether they can then bounce back from that. Um, I'm, I think Liverpool do have a great attack. Um, the midfield, uh, I would say, is a few new bodies, but they seem to be adapting well. Have they had a, a really good test? Um, I don't know, but I, I was uh, my questions were around the defense um, with Kanate and um, keeping uh, with Matip his legs mm. going, um, stuff like that. Yeah. So they um, can score goals. Will other teams just score or score more than them? That's that's the 
let's 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 rephrase it a little bit. Will Spurs score more than one goal, which seems to be the pattern over the last four games for for, for Liverpool? Yeah, it's gonna be a goal fest that game. <laughs> Spurs are definitely Spurs are gonna Spurs are gonna play the way Spurs have played. Like we're gonna go front foot and we're gonna just. I, I, I need to I need to actually Spurs. just come in here and say, it it is kind of heartbreaking that now is the time that there is no Harry Kane at Spurs, and you guys, <laughs> I I it's unbelievable. Like it, 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 it couldn't have happened at a worse time. He didn't believe in an I, Australian that's, manager. That's what I said to you guys, and you were like, "No, the man must go win medals." No, no, and he needs to. He will. He will still win. I mean, if if anything, if anything, no, no, he'll still win. In fact, you guys won't win anything. It's just that it he would have fit really great in this team. Yeah, yeah. And potentially pushed you across the line. He would have, and he would have caused a lot of headaches this Sunday. Yeah, people shouldn't say that Spurs look better without him. It's just that he's not there, and they are playing better. And putting Kane to that will just make them even better than they are now. They've been insane. The one thing I do want to see is um, Destiny versus Salah this weekend. I said it last time with Destiny versus Sucker. Destiny versus Salah is going to be a very interesting matchup. And oh, what is the conclusion on Destiny versus Saka? Because Destiny got a yellow card <laughs> on the 19th minute and then let Saka just run and said, okay, I don't want to get another yellow. Um, Saka scored. I, like, what is the... Uh, did Saka was... Saka was Saka still throwing darts and getting turned by. Yeah, that's not destiny, dude. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Um, Jean what do you think is going to happen this weekend? Going to uh, Tottenham, it's another test for you. You managed to get through Newcastle uh, with ten men, and it was away from home. So, how do you think um, you're going to fare at the toilet bowl? Uh, def- definitely still our toughest test of the season because uh, Spurs they have a better mentality than Newcastle when they go behind. Um, so uh, I think Spurs will score first. And I think that, <laughs> I think that Liverpool... Will, uh, well, I don't know. The three go- it's ridiculous, but um, it seems to be you know what galvanizes us at halftime. Uh, I don't think Liverpool will lose the game. Um, but at the same time, it's going to be an incredibly tough fixture. I think possibly the toughest of the season. Uh, and I, uh, I will even say that ahead of City, um, because we are due a win at, at, at the Etihad, uh, whereas we have beaten Spurs quite consistently uh, over the last couple of years, even when we weren't playing terrifically well. So the, the law of odds suggests that Spurs will get a good result. Uh, and my gut feeling is a 2-2 draw again. Ooh, fighting words, a 2-2 draw. Dean, would you take a 2-2 draw? Yeah, I mean, I would take a 2-2 draw if you offered that at the beginning of the season. But looking at the way we play now, mm. I think this game is more winnable than Arsenal. Go take was. that win, boy. <laughs> I do think it's, it's more winnable. And a lot has to do with if Madison's fit. I think he, he picked up a knee injury, so we'll see. He should be fine. That's what the reports are coming out, so it should be fine. Um, and then also Brennan Johnson on the left. I think Brennan Johnson can cause a lot of harm with his pace up that left-hand side with Sun through the middle and Kulu on the other side. So it's winnable, but at the same time, I'll take a draw. Out of those two games, two points, walk away, and then you play Luton the next week and you smash them. Mm. Oh, in, in the neighbor's backyard. Um, the great thing about Spurs is that they've got all the Sons on the field. Johnson, <laughs> Son, 
and Richarlison. So, yeah. you know, pick all the sons. Um, oh, Madison too, by the way. So, um, actually, there are some FPL teams, Cyrus, that have all four sons yeah. and four Tottenham players because Brennan Johnson created a little bit of a glitch. Yeah, yeah, that he did. And And let me say something about Spurs. I think Brennan Johnson is a good signing, but I also feel as if there's a there's going to be a bit of a moratorium as to just how much time he's given to 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 get up to 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 the pace that mm. is required because um, it's one thing looking good at Nottingham Forest, it's another thing delivering um, at Spurs where the expectations might not necessarily be higher because you 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 all know um, underachievement is a thing, but <laughs> it's it's just. A sense of trying to 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 rise your game to another level, and I, I hope that he does do something. Um, how James Madison? How did we allow Madison to go to Spurs? How did we, as the footballing public, allow um, this Travis? I should be asking Todd Bailey that question. He said he um, saw himself as a Spurs player. That's all that matters. That's why he came. He would have seen himself as a Liverpool player. He would have seen himself as a Manchester United. He would have been great at Newcastle. He would have been great anywhere. Literally, he's a really good player, and I don't think anyone can argue about that. But um, I think maybe his injury record is what people would have been worried about. And well, the the guys had two injuries already, but he's been very lucky where um, he's kind of got over great quite quickly. I think he had an ankle Mm. or foot injury, Mm. and now he's had a knee injury. It's it's like. I'm just he saying, does have, yeah. if he Look, if he's, he's out for he's, three months, what happens to Spurs? Is no, terrible. He's, he's no Emil Smith Rowe, but you know he's certainly out there, you know, doing yeah. his thing. It's just great. It's, it's just yeah. great to. See. It's just great to see like a uh, really top class attacking midfielders uh, in all the top teams now. Martin Odegaard, uh, James Madison, Dominic Sobosly. Uh, I don't know, mm. you know, who City's got in that in that particular role. Uh, Alvarez, it, Alvarez. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. He's if we if we drop uh, Hines, uh, they play like a four four yeah. two almost. Yeah. Pepper's just messing up uh, Jean's list there. He's just messing it all up. <laughs> okay, um, I, I'm glad you didn't name Bruno Fernandez yeah. or even Enzo because Pochettino's doing never something. Been that guy. Um, and speaking about underachieving, I feel as though the spirit of Tottenham has not left Mauricio Pochettino. <laughs> he just follows him everywhere. And it's now arrived at Chelsea. The underachieving has continued. Um, last yeah. night, everyone was hoping they would score a goal because we didn't know where goal of the month was going to come from. And that's like Manchester United-level questions. Um, <laughs> and luckily, Nicholas Jackson opened his account. Okay, didn't open his account. He actually doubled his account doubled because it. that's his second goal, second goal for, for, for Chelsea. Um, and so now the question, Cyrus, is you've gotten the win. It's been a horrible month. Last time you won a yeah. game was the 30th of September. Now you're, you've won in the Carabao Cup. Is this where the light turns and you now start looking up? But then when I look at your fixtures, I'm like, oh my. It's like so- a gauntlet. Let's, it is a gauntlet, but the thing is, it would have been a gauntlet even if it had just been you know, a month full of playing Luton. Um, <laughs> I, I think the thing with Chelsea at the moment is the injury list is horrendous. Yeah. Then you're adding the suspension list to that as well. And then apparently the injuries and suspension list because they're looking at potentially suspending Reese James for yeah. talking smack on the sideline. So, you know, it's, <laughs> it, it, if it isn't one thing, <laughs> look... Everybody gets caught up in all sorts of absolute drama, but it's it's one of those things. Um, 
I, so let's let me start this by saying I'm not happy. Very few Chelsea players would be happy. Oh, Chelsea supporters would be happy. But I also am very pragmatic around what's happening this season. Because, yes, they've spent an inordinate amount of money. And mm. frankly, should be getting raked over the everything. Brambles, coals, whatever you've got, put them there. But I also think that there's one thing that's been consistent in terms of what Pochettino has said, and that's always talked about the project. And so when you look at project clubs, this is what happens. Um, thanks, Spurs. But the thing about this is there's also a lot of guys who have not hit anywhere near their stride, and that's not been helped by some of Pochettino's selections either. So we've pushed and pushed and pushed to keep Thiago in the team. He was the one pretty much at fault for what became the, 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 the winning goal for Villa um, over the weekend. The inability to actually score goals is still con um, continued to be an issue, but it's also hard to score goals when you have no strikers. But then having said that, it's sort of if the team went out and bought striker upon striker. So there's a lot of things that have been compounded by ownership, by um, lack of availability from certain players, and then also just in terms of trying to find a fit where everybody's working to the same ends. And when you keep pushing players out of position, like a Ben Chilwell playing a left wing, what are you expecting? When you're um, having to pull some guys in who aren't necessarily playing in the positions constantly, then you, you're going to see this kind of level performance. So I'm not trying to make excuses because there are no excuses to mm. be made. This is horrendous. But I do think that there is an opportunity to see them get better as opposed to continue being absolute dog doo-doo. Um, I, won't, I won't say the, the, the real words that I should be saying. Yes. Uh, before we continue, Jean-Emile, thank you very much for joining us. Um, yeah, it looks like he's frozen, but um, yeah. Uh, thanks for the, the, the Liverpool content there. Um, Cyrus. You tell all you're telling me is NBA style Philadelphia 76ers. Trust the process. <laughs> Trust the process. Yeah, it, this is actually it. And and you know what's weird though is that but, if you think about it, <laughs> is this not is this not the process? I mean, you've come out of, of a process system. Yes. But and there was that, there was yeah, like but, a way forward. It wasn't this bad. Like nowhere in that Arteta um period where no, we well, I will say it was this bad maybe but the difference is side that you've got players on 300 400k a week they've got expectations and you don't have pot players think, that's the problem think Enzo wants to be playing in Europa next season mm. or he's not going to be playing um, even in Europa next season no he won't going. that's the thing I, I you expected Chelsea to at least finish sixth they need to get Europe I think it's so important they at least get Europe because Huge if they don't get Europe I expect to see these players saying, okay, I'm on an eight-year contract, but I'm going to ask my agents to see if there's anyone else that wants me. Players like Enzo, I don't know, these big-name big players, because um, it's just not good enough to, to for these players. They've only got, what, mm. five, seven years of their prime. They're happy to be in a project, but it's, it's a bit different to Arteta, who were picking up like uh, players that kind of like a Ramsdale that no one was buying. He did well in that sense, but... I just think there's more stakes that if you miss out on Europe this season now, definitely. And, and I would have expected Chelsea to at least get a good running start. You've not, you're now behind the pace yeah. by what six points, seven points against the top four that almost looks settled already. So now it's about can you catch Brighton? 
Uh, maybe United have another. Uh, West Ham look good. Yeah, but that, that's what I'm saying. So, so let's, sorry, let's look are at you expecting the, Europe this season, kind of thing. I am still, and and but the thing is, whether or not that's realistic is yeah. another story. Let's look at it this way, and this is also the other mm. side of it. Can the club afford another yeah. season of no um, European football, just primarily in terms of income? No, it can't really. But that might also be why they've started to look for other. Um, uh, what is the the phrasing that they used? Investment partners to to put money into the business, right? Because oh, the they are also oh, no, <laughs> it's not the Saudis in this particular case, but there are a few other investment uh, partners that they've been looking at. There's a group that John Terry's part of um, that are looking at trying to buy a, another stake in the club, in terms of trying to build, uh, you know, get more funding within to the business. There's also a few other. Um, Sponsorship deals that are coming through the pipeline, not just the infinite athlete one that's coming through now. Um, but I think the key thing here is European football is a must specifically for the TV rights and also for the earnings that it comes with. Now, let's look at it in terms of the playing staff. Yes, you do have players on massive, massive contracts, length and salary wise, and they will expect to be part of the solution. But the thing is, Poch has also got to turn around and, and look at these guys and say, look, it's not like I can just put you on the pitch and wins come. You've got to contribute to those wins. Mm. And so this is where it's a bit of a catch-22. The very same guys who will you know, agitate for a move away are the ones who are not performing. And if you're a, a coach, you'll turn around and say, okay, fine. You tell me what I'm supposed to do if you're missing open shots or if you're not, if you're giving the ball away, right? And And people have got to be held accountable. So Let's, let's then look at where things can change in order for Chelsea to start hitting, hit the ground running. First and foremost, you have to have a more settled backline that doesn't include consistently playing Thiago Silva at the ripe old age of 39, nor should you be constantly playing um, uh, De Sassi. Anyway, De Sassi, <laughs> he's, he's done okay. Um, I was but waiting he's not, for that. He's, you, your, your agenda on Axel yeah. rivals Marcus Rashford's. Um, <laughs> but 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 let's but let's let's look at it. If you look at it in terms of the playing staff, if everybody's fit, mm. these guys should be getting victories, right? And we shouldn't have to be waiting for Raheem Sterling to forget to remember there are other people you can pass to on a team. Um, mm. And I think that the arrival of Nkunku will also be another Philip that will happen for this team. It's what happens when these guys still continue to struggle to gel because Caicedo has just not been at the level that he needs to be at. And Enzo needs to be playing deeper. He's not a 10. So if you play Caicedo and Enzo in that midfield where they should be playing and you then have your Nkunku or play the damn Cole Palmer that you signed to play as a 10, you're going to have a lot more opportunities to score. So I think that this is... Chelsea have more room to improve than to get worse because the teams who are behind them are so bad they shouldn't be able to catch them that's basically it but it's 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 really what happens going forward and i think that there's a big opportunity for them to actually turn a corner here i don't think that the carabao cup game will be the game that does it but i think if they can get a win at, um, at fulham that will be another uh, building block they need league wins that's basically it well you've got fulham and burnley um next up and, and then, then obviously... terrible until middle of December. <laughs> like, just close your eyes, international break. <laughs> although, uh, although... I suggest, Iris, you go on holiday. And then 
when you but come that's back. That's what Sarge is talking about. That's when the, the, the win has to happen. Maybe yeah. Chelsea get two wins. They have some momentum mm. and they cause an upset and that kickstarts the and, season. And I think that's what that the, the, the optimist in me says. If it's going to happen, it has to start now. And you have to go into those games thinking, we held Liverpool to a one-all draw at the beginning of the season, showing mm. what kind of football we're capable of playing. It's not as if Chelsea have been outplayed by every single team they've played. They've just conceded goals at inopportune times and not taken any of the chances that have been created. You take those chances, it's a completely different story. And I think that's the key area of, uh, that needs to be dealt with. Taking the chances. I mean, you look at Arsenal right now. You mentioned looking at your, your, your striking department. And this was something I'd mentioned at the beginning of the season. Jesus and Eddie and Ketia are just not it if you're trying to do something special. And you do need more than that. And and the same goes for Chelsea, is that, yes, Nicholas Jackson is great in build-up play, but flipping hell, some of the missed chances he's missed, they are unbelievable. So Chelsea... Can you, also can you admit he's not the Didier Drogba... But I do if, think that he's. If Drogba had to hear that, he would fall over off his chair if he had to hear But you, you have to remember things. who Drogba was when he started mm. at Chelsea. Very similar in terms of the output, although Drogba is a far better finisher and, and has been so his entire career. Jackson is a converted winger who's still trying. And let me remind you of a certain Arsenal legend who was a converted winger. Um, no, Cyrus, I'm going to have to stop you there. There's no I'm way. Obviously, yanking your chain. Obviously, yanking your chain. What I'm seeing, what I'm seeing in terms of rumors, um, I'm seeing um, Chelsea and Arsenal really getting linked heavily to Tony now. Yeah. Um, for a Jan move, and I know Tony's preference. It seems like he's already said yeah. so. Is Arsenal on a on a on a, on a diary of a CEO mm. podcast or whatever? So I think Chelsea would have to come with uh, their approach where they try and agree a fee first and then try and sort out personal terms. Um, but as if I'm Tony, I guess you go to – he has this like boyhood affiliation with Arsenal or he just takes the money and no, he but goes Kent, either way, he's going to be the main man in yeah. both sides. Yeah, and he is. But even at Chelsea, wait until the goals will be there. See so you, the project. There's also but, a player called Victor Osserman who... The only issue with that is AFCON. Well, yeah. it's not as if Chelsea aren't already struggling. But um, I, I think the thing about the Tony deal is people tend to think this is like the NBA. Let's not forget, if the club accepts that deal, <laughs> okay, fine, maybe Caicedo has showed... But I don't think Tony would be because you also have to remember Chelsea have been working on, on, on Ivan mm. Tony for a long time. And they've also showed that when they've spent a lot of time working on a transfer like a Caicedo deal, they managed to get the player across the line. And I think that yeah. might be where they'd be a little bit more um optimistic in trying to sign the guy, considering that it's been this he's been rumored to be the guy they wanted for a like just before the ban kicked in. Mm. There was still talks happening. But there. does he fit your age profile? Or is it one he of those doesn't. situations where but at some point you gotta acquiesce to to the, the, the manager and say, Okay, fine, we'll get a striker for you. Okay, he's not twenty two, yes. but he should be pretty that good. Striker but, is in Napoli. He's not Tony alone. That's a that's one of the rumors why Chelsea didn't go for Madison because he was over twenty five. Mm. 
But yes. that kind of makes sense for me when you look at the fact that Christopher Nkunku was already um, on his way no, in. Fair. Mm. So it's just that we don't have an Osimhen. We don't have a Tony. Chelsea well, are like the Leonardo DiCaprio club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's always somebody younger and club. prettier. <laughs> but, oh, but so, my big thing about this Chelsea club is, and I know you mentioned it, it's like a, it's a project team, right? Mm. And you have a look at the other clubs that have gone through a similar project. And again, like Spurs were are also in that, transfer phase or in that sort of transition phase where starting a new project and I would much rather be in my position than in Chelsea's position and a lot of that has to do with again the fact of and I mentioned it in a previous show where a lot of these signings are potch on potch signings like they data driven signings by Todd Bowley and his team and they're saying I'm signing this guy so to me what it looks like is potch is also trying to figure out his sort of best 11 he also doesn't know who plays best where because he doesn't know like who these guys are and now it's compounded with the injuries Chilwell's got a hamstring Gusto's got the red card you don't mm. have a right back left back's nowhere like it's all of these things where and again I think I mentioned it previously as well Poch isn't your kind of coach that's going to stand there and say no I want this guy this is the way we're going to play he's very yep. much a sort of I'll he's go a yes with man. the times he's a yes, he's a man. yes man that's why I think given the run that's going to happen from towards the end of October to December, my bigger concern, if I was a Chelsea fan, is, yes, on paper, it's that run, the easy run is like behind you and you should have won those games and had points on the board already. And if you start losing those games, as a fan, at what point do you start saying, like, the fans already are in tatters at Chelsea. They're already kind of going, like, what's going on? There's a lot of riffraff around them. And the owners are then going to start feeling that. And at what point do you think then... Bowley pulls plug on Poch and I know I keep joking and saying oh. hashtag Poch out but like it could happen before the end of December and then you restart and then it's the it's, same it's thing. It's possible and... but I think one thing that they should have learned from last season was when you take out a successful manager and replace them with an up-and-coming manager you don't always have the results that you'd expect because it's not like just plug these pieces in and everything will work. These are guys who should have learned from the mistakes they made. And to tell the truth, they actually have somewhat because the squad size isn't the same as last season. So they've they've dealt with some of the issues that they, they re realized were, were problematic. The other thing is they can't have another um, uh, caretaker come in. Mm. So you could take a pot out re, re <laughs> exactly but then who who do you then bring in if you're firing your pochettino and i think this is also the other thing because your nagelsman is now uh, you know a uh, head coach of germany who is the other coach that could come in and say okay actually this guy could come and do a job and and work with the players that we've brought in so Poch, i think should be there long term what they will want to see and what the club will want to see as supporters is get us a, a win against one of the big six, right? You can get us a, a win against a Spurs or a Liverpool or, dare I say, Arsenal or City, and suddenly all those cracks that looked absolutely like gaping fishes are little things to jump over. And so I think Pochettino will use as much of his guile as possible to try and get those results. But the other thing to remember here is he will be in every single player's ear saying, Yes, but do we have our best players out there? The results have been absolutely bad, no doubt. But have we had our best team available? 
And then he'll look at the players and say to them, have you been your absolute best? And which one of those players will turn around and say, yes, I've played my heart out and uh, you can see I've left it all on the pitch. So I think that from a coaching perspective, there's a lot that he can actually still try and galvanize these players from. This isn't going to be easy. Far from it. But I do think, though, as as bad as things have been, and I'm not going to be spending hours and hours watching Chelsea games because, frankly, you know, I don't know if my heart can ha- can handle that kind of stuff. But I do think that there will come a time where this, it switches, where suddenly the good times are back again because the guys are actually getting the goals that are required. But I don't think we're going to be hammering teams left, right, and center. So we're just relying on Todd Bowley having learned his lesson. And that'll that'll be well, let's, 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 but let's look at the, look at it this way uh look at spurs right how long has daniel levy done the exact same thing over and over again eventually you'll luck out and get an Ange postacoglu and you'll have somebody who can start moving the, the ship forward the same thing happened when you had potch it wasn't uh you know mm. uh, roses uh, right from the beginning you'll bring somebody in you'll go through the difficult moments and then you'll get there Every single club will go through that. Arsenal have had the exact same thing. Um, Cyrus, my question then is, um, Potter and your previous three managers, they also had injuries and they also had players not performing at their best. Um, I don't see any difference in, in, the, in the players and injuries side to why they failed. Um, and I haven't seen enough from Potch that has there's been changes because uh, he is a yes man you said so so i think pot is a yes man as well uh Potter I, I'm, is I'm the biggest yes man brings that the other managers that's all so when potter was given that job he knew it was too big for him but he was like yeah. i am going to sit there i am going to accept everything they give me yeah. i'm going to t-. they're like five-year contract oh sure sweet why not? Yeah, um, exactly. I just want to know what Poch is bringing, the element he's bringing that the previous uh, two, so, three managers didn't. There's, mm. there's a few things that I think are very different here. The first one being under Lampard, and he said this on that, that podcast, he, there was no way in the role that he had that he could change anything around the thinking around the club and the, yeah. the, the desire of the players. Right? There's and a lot was, of pressure from Bowley and Iqbali or whatever. And, mm. and, and not just that, the team. Look yeah. at the players that were there. None of them were keen to play. He was forced to start using guys who'd be frozen out. It's like a Hakim Ziyech. What was he doing? Um, you know, you had these guys, uh, uh, Christian Pulisic, all of them were stinking up the joint and they'd be, it, it had just gotten more and more rotten. So the difference now between then is those guys are gone. Okay. Now, the other thing is that let's look at it from the injuries perspective. Yes, there were injuries that were happening before and, and they were uh, problematic. But even under Potter, you couldn't actually see anything from a structural perspective, who's playing where. There was constant change. You had guys in all sorts of different positions constantly. Under Poch, it might not be the best maneuver, but you can almost guarantee which players are going to be in that team. Mm-hmm. And so you have a sense of continuity that is still uh, consistent. Raheem Sterling is in, was in and out of the team under, under Potter. Now he's playing more consistently. Maybe he shouldn't be, but he's still doing that. Disasi, Thiago Silva, you know exactly who's going to be selected. And so there is some sort of level of consistency, though he's trying to build the rest of the other the players up. And so I can actually sort of see what the plan is in terms of what Poch is doing. Mm. The thing that ham- hamstrung Potter was he then had, what, 34, 35, possibly even 40 guys in the change room. That is no longer the case. And, and frankly, that in itself is the big issue. 
that's been changed. You've cut away a lot of the deadwood. And this is also why the younger guys become part of the solution because they can't hold on to stuff they haven't even experienced yet, right? That's what they said about the Proteas, and it happened multiple times. <laughs> so I don't, I don't believe that thing. The, the, the problem goes to, to go back to, no, it's not as if the ghosts don't exist. Think about the guys who were around, and the Proteas are a great example of this because, yes, they might have had evolutions consistently, but mm. there was always somebody who could go back to a World Cup where things were absolutely horrendous. Yeah, you don't necessarily have that in the current Chelsea dressing room. Who of the starters who are currently playing have been through all of the horrendous stuff that aren't interested in trying to improve? Aris James is now made captain, having gone through some of those things, and that will lift his performance and his attitude. Ben Chilwell will also have had an arm around him. But then when you look at the other guys, Enzo has come in, seen how absolutely insane things were, and then is now on the other side of the insanity and being given license to do what he does well. And he's played well um, in, in dispatches. Mm. So I don't think that the ghosts are going to be around the, 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 the dressing room, but they're definitely in the stadium. And that's where the major issue is. So once Chelsea can get a couple of wins under their belt, it changes the entire complexion of what happens around the fan base getting people on board, and then it stops the booing. Because, frankly, that doesn't help anybody. But fans will boo. Cyrus, I wish, I hope, that on the weekend, on Monday night, Fulham doesn't show you flames. Because... The flames will be there. Everything we just said. <laughs> everything we just said. And then Carlos Vinicius 1-0 at, at, at Craven Cottage. And coming off the bench. I expect I expect it to be as tough as it's ever going to be, considering all of the. There's a hell of a lot of makeshift stuff. Kukurea right back again, but he he managed okay against Mitoma, uh, you know. So let's see what happens. I, I just yeah. think this. The, the, how can I put this? Because I don't want to. I, I never like bringing luck out of it. But those damn lemons have got a lot of hard work in Potch's office. And uh, changing the vibes around that club will take some some heavenly assistance. But if there's a club that Chelsea have managed to get the better of over the years, it's it's been Fulham. So I I, I live in hope. I'm glad this podcast is recorded. So <laughs> <laughs> he lives I'm not saying in yeah, I'm not saying it's gonna happen, but I certainly hope it does. Um and yeah, let's see, let's see what, what happens around these guys. <laughs> yes, and with the hopeful Cyrus hoping that Chelsea will bring it through. All I can say is enjoy the weekend's fixtures. We've got a Monday night West London derby between Fulham and Chelsea. It's gonna be wild. But we were before that we've got the Ange men. The Postacoglus um, were going up against Liverpool um, at the Toilet Bowl. Hopefully, they will then now start seeing themselves as title contenders. But outside of that, enjoy all the football. Enjoy the FPL. Cyrus, I know we didn't give you time for, to talk about your 97 points and the fact that you're like top 100,000. But well done, my man. May it Thank continue. You. Yeah, my 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 game is twice. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, it is. And, and let me tell you, it's been wrong three times. <laughs> yes, I'm just happy that there's no Sterling in your team. That's all that matters. Um, I would never do that to myself, or wish that on anyone else. <laughs> yes. Outside of that, everyone have a great day. Remember. 
please do follow us on the socials as well as uh, subscribe on YouTube and also follow Classic Shirts today. Outside of that, goodbye and les sale kakakiso.